Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Donald Trump was a, a stain on our country. I'm someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm doing! So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Thursday, Queen. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's a it's a beautiful day here in New York. So uh, it's a really beautiful day. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. I'm considering going to vote. Ooh. But I also, as we've already discussed, might just wait until my polling place that's across the street right. from <laughs> yeah. my house. We shouldn't spend too much time on New York's weather because people don't like when we people get up, would, would prefer we talk about the weather and the specific regional aspects to every area of the country, I've learned. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I hope the weather is good in Wyoming. I hope it's good yeah, in Texas. Yeah, I, I hope, hope it's good, good in Chicago. Yes. I hope it's good everywhere. We have a really quick show for you today. We were going to give you a preview of some huge SCOTUS cases coming. I was like, I'm going to get ahead of the game uh, and schedule a great interview with a great person for Thursday. And then they dropped these decisions. So in the... <laughs> In the interest of being as prepared as possible, uh, we're going to move that to next week. We're going to have Amani Gandhi. I asked our audience who they wanted, who their favorite SCOTUS watchers were, and it was her by a mile. And I agreed. And I was like, I don't think we can get her. Uh, but we did. So she'll be with us next week. Mm hmm. She wanted to read the decisions before talking about them. Yeah, she wanted to prepare, prepare for, for a political podcast, I guess. <laughs> I mean, this happened an hour ago and we're going to we're going to go into it. We're also going to run through these decisions and then we're going to check in on our old friend Joe Banchan who has some some new uh words for us. Not just raging about his past statements, but he's got some new statements to Amazing. rage about. But I just wanted to start with you uh with a story I heard on What a Day this morning. A story very close to our hearts. Did you hear that yesterday a garbage bag full of weed fell from a roof in New York City near Ooh, Sunset my Park? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard about that? Some weed delivery person is in big trouble. Dude, big trouble. So apparently this happened during like a a, a drug deal got wrong. A customer definitely. got, got <laughs> Definitely no, it, went was, it was on purpose. It was on purpose. They were just like, I love New York. It was Caitlin. <laughs> I love New York, New York so York. much. I'm just going to drop this weed since we all have to watch the mayor debate later. Let's all get mm -hmm. stoned. But nobody was hurt. Fortunately, I think a customer uh, pulled a weapon on, on the drug professional and things were, were dangerous for a while. But the best part of this story is that people did just pick some up and walk away, which is oh, frankly yeah. why we love to live here. I was going to ask, you would have done the same. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> I would have been elbowing people out of the way. I turned vicious. I would have a let you smoke it a weed first. pinata, basically. <gasps> no, because you got to grab it and then inspect it. And if it's swag, then it's swag. But like. That's a good strategy. 
but you gotta you gotta be ready to scoop yeah scoop grab first up. verify <laughs> what is the what is the phrase like so, act um, then verify or something trust but verify exactly Ronald trust Reagan trust oh, good. but verify <laughs> I think it's fitting that we uh, I think it's it's good karma that we're quoting Ronald Reagan with regard to weed yeah raining from the sky absolutely <laughs> His nightmare the future liberals want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the future liberals want. So, uh, all right. On that note, SCOTUS is turning in its final assignments for summer. This shit is crazy, Elise. I think when this term started, RBG was still alive. That's very she died, like, very recently. So two huge decisions that we were looking for. In a 7-2 decision, the nation's highest court dismissed yet another challenge to the Affordable Care Act, determining that Republican-led states leading the suit had no standing or legal right to bring the case. So I feel like we've been hearing this word severability for like a year and a half, like since mm-hmm. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh was like, I love beer. And I think the law <laughs> is severable. Like, that's what I yes. remember. So I was totally expecting to hear when I saw this case went in a positive way that the uh, justices had decided that the individual mandate was severable from Obamacare. So parts of the massive health care law have since basically been invalidated. And Republicans would love that to mean that the entire law that ensures 21 million people, uh, that we shouldn't have it anymore. But as long as uh, the justices have heard challenges to this, obviously, the Roberts Court has saved this before, I think multiple times. Um, And during oral arguments, we were hearing things from the justices suggesting like there's absolutely no reason to think that this can't stand alone. But it turns out they decided you actually have no right to even ask us that question. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Brett Kavanaugh was like, I just want to get to my weekend on the boat. Yeah, I feel like that is like it is, um, you know, maybe the weather's nice in D.C. And he's just like, I don't feel like doing this. Yeah, me. We're going on Mansion's boat tonight. I got to get I got to get out of here. But Elise, I know that you're like a self-employed person. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, people that have personally benefited a lot from Obamacare. Like, what do you think it would have been like had this gone away? I mean, it would have been horrible, but I mean, I remember benefiting from Obamacare even like when I was in college because my birth control became free. And I remember it was like $90 a month and it was really expensive. And then it wasn't $90 a month anymore. (laughs) That is always still a delight, isn't it? Like, I still find it to be such a delight every time I pick it up and I I walk away without taking my credit card out. Yeah. Well, I remember when the Republicans were going to repeal it, the big fear is just like, the pre-existing conditions, parts of it, and all of that. The the healthcare market for self-employed people <laughs> is still pretty bleak. <laughs> I would right. definitely love it if that's a good um, point. If they didn't save healthcare. It's not like woo, yeah, pristine I, healthcare system kept intact. I would definitely love it if like we maybe had like Medicare for all or <laughs> or Joe did the like tweets to Obamacare that he said he was going to do or whatever, because it is still a pretty bleak situation out there for the self-employed. But it's I mean, the protections that are in place, it's like like catastrophic damage to your life if exactly. those protections go away. Like it, it's scary to think because my dad's on my mom's insurance. He has a pre-existing condition like. Right. I know. I feel like we've gotten to the point where we just benefit from this loss so profoundly that it is mm-hmm. hard to imagine it going away. And I am hoping that Republicans finally realize that. I mean, this sort of feels like a death blow to their mm-hmm. attempts to keep doing this. Like there's really no I mean, is there like a vocal part of the Republican Party that just hates Obamacare still like they've moved on to critical race theory and trans kids? Yeah. 
I, I do feel like the tide is shifting and they might be giving up on trying to repeal Obamacare now that there's like one full president between us and the black guy and they're not as like Mad. I mean they're still furious about it like absolutely raging furious ruining the country because of it but like, but I think maybe because of the small amount of distance it's not like their top priority anymore yeah, yeah their yeah. top priority now is harassing children um yeah making sure you don't learn about slaves like you know <laughs> Yeah. And as we've said, like, it's so hard to take something away from people, especially something that like Republicans themselves benefit from. And there was just something especially sweet about how Trump obviously got to a point three justices and two of those voted that uh, no Republicans have no no right to really bring this. And like John Roberts has sort of said this or I don't think he said this, but gestured this in the past where he's like, Republicans have to figure this out the old fashioned way, like do it through the legislative process, stop bringing the court into it. So I am hopeful that this could be the end of that. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. On a darker note, and I was surprised by this, which I think means I I didn't know enough about the specifics of the Mm -hmm. case, but the Supreme Court also unanimously sided with a Catholic foster care agency fighting for its right to deny same-sex couples from taking in needy children. The harassment of the children. The harassment it's of children, really, exactly. Under the guise of protecting them, traumatizing children so that, like, for political points. It's right, really sad. Right. I mean, the, the way this case, to me, it settles, settles, basically, is that, like, it's better, this, this Catholic agency believes that it's better that needy children are not uh, with safe families than with fa- than being with a same sex family, which is crazy. And it's also really sad because um, same sex couples are way more likely to adopt like older children. They're way more likely to adopt like kids that don't look exactly like them because they're not they don't have that kind of like, yeah. Oh, I want to pretend they're my, but like everyone know, you know, the J yeah. <laughs> type of a deal. So it's actually like not allowing same sex couples to adopt really affects the most vulnerable of the adoptees. Like, because same sex couples tend to, you know, yeah. 
actually be more, they're, they're like, yeah, you know what? I will adopt a six-year-old mm-hmm. or, or a two-year-old even because people really want to adopt babies for that. Uh, yeah. Part. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's such a good point. I, and the city of Philadelphia, obviously that's like an urban area with a lot of needy families probably. So what happened was the city of Philadelphia had banned the agency from screening potential applicants. They were like, if you're going to discriminate, cause I believe the city has its own sort of laws that say you can't discriminate. So they said, you know, we have lots of agencies we can work with that will screen foster parents. So we don't need to work with one that's being homophobic. Uh, this this Catholic group said, no, we we are desperate to be homophobes and to reject. Uh, and you people. have to work with us. <laughs> right. You we we're going to be homophobic and you have to work with us and a gay person. I mean, this is this is their this is the Catholic foster agency sort of their lawyer's argument is that, well, no same-sex couples have gone to them. There are 30 other agencies in this area. Um, but to me, that like that makes the city's point as, as well. Um, so yeah, Philadelphia's like, we have no uh, obligation to work with this group that uh, betrays our values and, and even laws that we have. And so the Supreme yeah. Court said, actually, you do. You can't, uh, you can't knock work with them, which is sort of, I guess, consistent with, unfortunately, the court does usually side with religious liberty on this sorts of thing. Um, this, yeah, unlike Obamacare, I, I have to learn. I'm really curious about uh, about that. And I'm looking forward to having Amani Gandhi here next week to explain like if that was expected or I don't know. I, I, I got it. And there were several different opinions that they wrote, but I don't know. I would have loved to read an RBG dissent on this one. I know, but I wonder if she even would have because right. it seems like, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Interesting, though, it does seem like the court really tends to do that. Like if you think about it with like cakes and and exactly, (laughs) exactly. And I think the way, you know, the way that I phrase this is that, you know, the court's going to let the agency discriminate, which is the practical impact. But all of these cases are so like they just have little tweaks that make them different. Like specifically, it was whether Philadelphia could uh, ban this one. And I guess the answer is no. Yeah. So we're looking forward to hearing more about the impacts of this, because to me, it just seems like setting a precedent that a city can allow its people it hires to deny services to gay people. It it seems like where does that end? Like, what if a gay family has like, I don't know, a raccoon in its house and (laughs) you call the city contractor and they're like, well, we don't help with gay raccoons. (laughs) I don't know. Like we can't come, the animal control can't help the gay people. Wait, can I actually say something about this? Because when I went to school at the University of Delaware, we had a squirrel that was trapped in our (laughs) chimney and we called animal control and they didn't help us. And she said that she couldn't help us because the squirrel, because we might sue her if, if like, it's like we mess up the insulation. I was like, I don't own this property. Like this is my college house. And that's then, actually um, real. That's why you always have to call the police when you have like an animal. So yeah, she just left and we ended up having to um, use a lacrosse stick to get it out. And then we kind of wrapped it in a Snuggie and put it outside. Oh, and it, wow. So it survived to your knowledge. It survived. It was angry. Yeah, it was angry. Yeah. Uh, Josie- it was, it was a very chaotic scene. What I I'm giving the, the short version, but it was very, it was very hard to get the squirrel out of the chimney on our own because we are not animal control. And that's just what I had to come in and say. Well, I mean, I think that we should investigate this further because I am curious about what role animal control does play. I mean, based on Parks and Rec, they're pretty useless. And there's like this academic Josie Duffy Rice who 
gives this anecdote when she anecdote when she's talking about police reform where she had a hawk in her house and she called animal control and she wanted and they were like well we can't deal with this and she was just trying to involve anybody but law enforcement in yeah. getting this bird of prey out of her house and it was not possible it was like no wonder the cops show up everywhere because it seems well, like that's yeah, I mean, how we can maybe it's not police reform it's animal control reform <laughs> i mean listen we had a squirrel in our <laughs> chimney and she said no i can't help you and then she was like, call a chimney sweep. And I was like, what? <laughs> and <Is> that real? <laughs> and so I called them and they were like, we absolutely cannot get an animal out of your chimney. Oh, God, this sounds like such a, a difficult day for college, Elise. It was. It was. It's some real adulting. A big day. <laughs> hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So for our next topic today, Joe Manchin, I guess, has heard us talking some shit and has come to the table with some ideas. Finally. Finally. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia has circulated a list of demands, a literal list of demands. He is literally holding voting rights. He's holding democracy hostage. Circulated a list of demands for voting legislation among his Democratic colleagues, indicating that he might be willing to consider a revised version of H.R. 1. That is the sweeping voting and election reform bill that the Senate will take up at the end of the month. The fact remains that it's unlikely we would even find 10 Republicans who would accept whatever his plan is, which I'll get into. And Manchin has said he will not end the filibuster, right? He's not saying if this bill gets better, I'll end it. He has said, no, I believe the filibuster has to exist. So I don't really know what he's offering us here. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm like, okay, so he says he might support it, but he's also not really supporting it because he's not going to end the filibuster or change the filibuster in any way to pass it. So sounds like he just wants credit one of his little games. Yeah, one of definitely. Joe's little games. Okay. So let's talk about what this list of demands says. Manchin says that he is fine with banning partisan gerrymandering. Good. And he's fine with mandating at least 15 consecutive days of early voting for federal elections. He also says he's open to ethics and campaign finance reform. Great. But what he is in favor of is a lot of the onerous ID requirements that disproportionately impact marginalized communities. And he doesn't support no excuse mail in voting. When I read this, I just thought right back to our interview with Mondaire Jones last week when he was like, it's easy for Joe Manchin to say, I don't think we should have voting reform until it's bipartisan. 
and to throw these things out here because he doesn't have issues with his idea. He doesn't have issues with no excuse mail-in voting. Yeah, I mean, it's really, um, I think the optics of having this like old white man who's like the person who gets to tell us how much we vote and like how much voting we get and how much democracy he's going to let pass. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's something so symbolic about what this like fucking one guy is doing. I know. I think it was Caitlin that said last week, he's like Sally. And when Harry met Sally, when she orders the apple pie, it's like none of none of these adjustments actually makes sense to me. Um, Like, I I don't really see any reason why um, like 15 days of early voting is different than no excuse mail in voting. Like, it seems like he's just falling into the traps that Republicans have laid, which is that things like not requiring IDs and no excuse mail in voting seem the most susceptible to fraud. However, there is simply no evidence of that fraud. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it, it again just feels like the thing we're always dealing with with Manchin is that he's just suggesting things to have suggestions. Like he just wants, so he's like, I'm going to, it. it's honestly sad how transparent he is. It's like, I'm going to circulate a letter that says I like three democratic things and three Republican things. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's going to have to agree. It's like you, all this man cares about, is this bipartisanship, whatever centrist game that he's playing. And it's because none of this legislation affects him or like that he would care about. At one point he was like, he said like, that's just not something that we're thinking about in West Virginia. And I'm like, okay, but you are a U.S. Senator and you actually do need to think about you also can't. bullshit bullshit <laughs> like your state yeah. needs this infrastructure republicans are not going to pass an infrastructure bill as big as we need it there was also reporting yesterday that he's basically on the phone with donors he skipped a meeting with texas grant democrats to instead get on the phone with like billionaire donors some of whom are donating to stop this to stop this effort and he's sounding like he sounds he is i mean he's sounding like a fucking republican because he's starting to sound desperate he's like you guys got to make me look better you guys got to do something because yeah and but he's also furious at the Republicans for not coming over with him on on one six. So, yeah, this does seem like it says it was circulated for Democrats. But I'd also like to see this framed as like maybe OK for Republicans too. like the Republicans. He yielded like I personally would not want my Democratic senators to yield on ID requirements or no excuse mail in voting. But look, he brought something to the table. I don't want to hear just about how Democrats have to negotiate with it. I want to hear that Republicans have to negotiate because he gets this credit, but we're never exactly. going to get 10 senators. We're not always negotiating with ourselves against an imaginary Republican opponent that isn't even at the table. They're not even playing. They're not one of them is going to vote for this. They're not one. Unless so Kamala got Murkowski drunk enough on, on Rosé, I would die. I would give anything Maybe. to know what they talked about. Oh, my God. I mean, yes, but also I don't trust either of those ladies. They're all I'm not doing that again. (laughs) Fool me once. Shame on you. Like, come on. None of them are going to vote for this. They're Joe Manchin is playing a game. And unless he's going to get rid of the filibuster, it's all gobbledygook anyway. Right. Exactly. And yeah, everything that he lists, he, he keeps insisting that he is not rejecting this just because it's not bipartisan, but I'm going to read the quote in which he explains why he is. You should not pass any type of voter bill in the most divisive time of our life unless you have some unity on this thing because you just divide the country further. 
I would love some clarity on how that's not the same thing as because it's not bipartisan. And also, Joe Manchin has been the only Democrat to vote with Republicans multiple times. Mm -hmm. But that's not bipartisan. They're not being bipartisan if like (laughs) he'll vote for completely partisan bills of theirs that but not. And the voter, the the legislation that we're fighting is not bipartisan. Not one Democrat passed. So he's conceding that he is fine with us moving forward in this country, living under laws that only one party in these states passed because he won't change them in the chamber where he is with only one party. Absolutely. Terrific. Great. (laughs) Great. I asked our audience if we should make Joe Manchin or Mitch McConnell's dress balls, and uh, they said we should make a set, one of each. So we're looking into that. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That is our show today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at betches.com. Betches.